a lot of times the girls sign up first. Mm. They're very interested in looking at their financial future. Yep. Perhaps maybe with the partner, right? Yes. And then sometimes we see the husband that gets dragged along the session. You can tell he's not interested it's at like all. It's a at counseling first. session. Yeah, it is. It is like marital, <laughs> pre marital counseling, mm. right? And often these are people that are not even married yet. Mm. Yeah, but they just want to see that financial future together. You're listening to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast, the show where personal finance is about the person, not just the numbers. Here on BFF, we talk about how to make money your best friend so that you can have the freedom to make the most out of life. We go through the honest discussions about money so that you don't need to make the same mistakes. We demystify jargon so that no one can smoke you with complicated acronyms. After all, money's greatest value is to give us control over our time, which is truly our greatest asset. I'm your host, Junus Yu. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. So today we are going to be talking about daring to finance. I think like, you know, when you hear that, you know, you often wonder like, what is dare to finance? So today we have just the right person to talk about this topic. And that is Sakura Seed from Dare to Finance. Welcome, Sakura. Hello. Hi. Thanks Hello. for having me. I love your mission statement to make personal finance approachable and user-friendly. Mm. And also agree with your statement that everyone can achieve financial empowerment no matter their background or income level, provided that they put in the work. But first, tell us about, you know, how do you decide to start Dare to Finance? How did the name come about? Ah, uh, okay, sure. So I guess Dare to Finance started off really as a spontaneous project between my co-founder and I. Mm. Way back, um, I think we started it in 2020, late 2020. Mm. Yeah, it started off purely as an Instagram page. Mm. We just wanted to share a little bit of our financial tips, a little bit touching on lifestyle. Mm. And um, the name came about with managing finances. A lot of times, maybe we sweep it under the carpet. Mm. So... In hindsight, maybe the word there may be a little bit too strong, but it kind of stuck for now. But mm -hmm. yeah, we just wanted to advocate for people to start taking charge of their finances. Mm. Yeah, and because we started purely from an Instagram page, it was very low barriers of entry, right? Mm -hmm. And as time went by, we wanted to also bring in a little bit more financial tools mm. available. So mm. then we ventured into our tech arm. But you know, in terms of the demographics mm. of Dare to Finance, you know, when, you know, when I visited your page, I mean, there are users or like as, um, that you appeal to so mm. what is this demographic that you're looking to target um, at the start because it was really just for fun almost right mm. we weren't trying to do anything mm. yeah but gradually the people we started to attract mm. was predominantly female mm -hmm. firstly mm -hmm. um, and it started from people who were maybe fresh grads mm. or maybe in the last few years of their studies yep and I think we grew a little bit with our audience. Mm -hmm. So now we have a lot of people who have been working for a couple of years. Yes. From 20s all the way up to now, um, mm. to 40s. Mm. Okay, the amount of females has decreased now in terms of demographic. And a percentage. amount Correct. is increased. Yes. Yeah, so now we're getting a slightly more balanced 60% female, 40% male. Okay. Yeah, so it's interesting to know that we are attracting people that firstly are a lot more interested in taking control of mm -hmm. what they have. Mm -hmm. And I don't say this in the form of just finance also because finance is often tied to many elements and aspects of our lives. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, really a foundation Correct. on which yes. we build our lives. Mm. But you mentioned two things here, right? Mm. You know, in terms of the demographic split of mm. the dare to finance user base. 
And and you know, one is maybe generational because you said it's like mm. from their twenties and now yeah. they're some of them are coming out to their forties. Mm. So first of all, do you feel that, you know, there are fundamental differences with regards to how even this this demographic manage their finance? Because Surely. it's often to be said like, oh, millennials versus Gen Z, mm-hmm. you know, how are they different? Mm-hmm. Definitely I, I do see it. Mm. And um not not just of course within the people that we meet and interact with, I think how we perceive finance also very much differs on the, the environment that we grow up in, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if we compare millennials versus Gen Zs, well, I, I want to say that millennials, we have maybe perhaps a more of like a, a maybe more pragmatic approach to finances. Mm. Perhaps we've also learned from our baby boomer generation parents, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On how to manage it better, but we're not as prudent as the uh, baby boomers, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a very blanket statement also, mm-hmm. la, right? Mm-hmm. But Just based on what you observe. Correct, mm-hmm. yes. So, um, what I do see is as millennials, we, we, we do prioritize a little bit of the stability portion. We're also quite new to the tech tools that came around, right? Yes. Um, this might differ a little bit, but the youngest millennial, I think, is about like 26-ish right mm-hmm. now. Yes. Yeah, right? And they would have seen that transition from, if we're talking about investing, your typical brokers. And then now we have so many interactive brokers that come in and that yes. changes how investing works. Yes. Right? And a lot of financial institutes now also take on a bit more of digitalization. Yes. That changes how we manage our finances naturally. And then you compare that to say, your Gen Zs who are born into a world where there's very simple ways to get started on your finances. Mm-hmm. The transition is so much smoother. They're born into a world of computers, right? Yes. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you know, like their, their interaction with the world, a lot of it is through, you know, our mobile phones, right? Yeah. And like you rightly said, the financial mm. institutions have all taken that step towards, mm. you know, putting their services in front of the audience that they want to target. And that's mm. through trading apps with really yeah. good UI, UX. Mm. Um, you know, makes it very easy, sometimes too easy for you to trade, which is yeah. one of the, in fact, one of the things that when we look at the whole um, GameStop Robin yeah, Hood fiasco, yeah, yeah. it was it made they made yeah. it so easy for people yeah. to trade, and this was like a sea change mm, from mm. the times when when our parents were literally working with rem- remisers to to mm. buy a stock, mm. right? And you can mm. imagine the whole process is like lengthy, and then they need to think about oh, you know, what do I, why do I want to buy the stock, and then mm. okay, let me go and tell my stockbroker to buy the <laughs> stock for me. But then now it's like literally. You find your account, click mm. on the button, like press. It's so easy it's now, so easy. right? And I think if we look at it on an overall view, it has made younger people inclined to invest earlier. Mm. Mm. In a way, it's great. We start learning about it. We, we gain the knowledge earlier, mm. right? And perhaps we build on that knowledge earlier as well. From our community, we see that we have people really in their 18, 19s that ask us about these questions. Hey, you know, I heard about this. Mm. Um, can you tell me, explain more about it, you know, to me. Mm. And it is quite scary, right? From from myself, someone in my late 20s looking back, wow, like imagine if I started when I was 18. How right? much and more I, yeah. time I would have had in the market. Correct, yeah. Mm. I, I do think it's a great thing that people are starting to learn this, learn the ropes of, just managing finances in, mm. in general, whether it's from the basic, how can I maybe budget better? Mm-hmm. 
my mom had always made me do accounting when I was younger. Like oh, I had to, uh, yeah. So I think that had like, I had to write down how I spend my recess money. You know, ah. in the in the simplest way possible. Like literally use of capital. Like your yeah. mom, but like give you ten dollars. Where did it go? Correct. There? Yeah, it starts from the small things. Instead of giving me daily allowance, she did like my uh weekly, mm-hmm. later on monthly. Mm. Yeah, and then. She gave me one of those, you know, POA books. Wow. Like pen and paper. <laughs> yeah, it makes me old, but I'm actually not that old. But <laughs> yeah, she made me write, like, you know, chicken rice, $1. And then mm. she made me ration out that money. So similarly, I think when you start on finances early, even mm. if it's in the simplest things, mm-hmm. maybe you learn better and you mm. learn more about yourself earlier. Mm. You know, how your habits are mm. <laughs> as well. Maybe it's like good parenting mm. advice for those people who have young kids. Maybe it's time to like give your kids like <laughs> give them weekly then monthly instead yeah. of giving them day by week. Mm. I think there could be a difference because when you give like weekly and then you extend it to monthly, yeah. it makes them start to think about, hey, you know, now I have this lump sum. Do I spend mm. it all in the same day? Yeah. Or do I apportion it? Sort of like the marshmallow experiment, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Delay instant gratification yeah. versus longer term. Mm, definitely. So yeah, that's a very quick tip that, you know, I always tell parents. Mm. And similarly, I think you said concept in any aspect of, of life, right? Mm. You want to get started on learning your habits and, and getting the habits right first. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I hear you on, you said like the generational differences mm. where like the Gen Zs, like a lot of them are actually exposed to a lot more information, yeah. you know, compared to our generation, like the millennials. Mm. And they are kind of interacting with like investment tools. So mm. I like to talk about like a lot of learning comes from having skin in the game. Yep. And and they kind of like have skin in the game quite early yeah. on, which I think is a distinguishing factor. Now going on to the other demographic split, which is like gender split, right? Mm. So you mentioned that you have like a 60% uh, female audience now, which is actually great because actually a lot of financial platforms, they actually have a predominantly mm. male user base. So you actually have a good special niche there because like a lot of females, mm-hmm. you have like more than 50% females. Mm. So how do you, do you see it again? Like, you know, what are the distinguishing factors when it comes mm. to that because I know you know when I looked at the previous data I mean there was one that I think I'm not sure it was done by Stan Chart or one of the financial institutions that sort of like debunked the myth that women are worse off investors actually they are better mm-hmm. but they are not as kind of like Risk. trading in mm-hmm. and out of stock mm-hmm. all the time they are more long term exactly. so what are the other things that you see with regards to this demographic mm. um, I think we, we tend to have a better overview of things mm. right and that may encompass in a way where I'm not just managing finance because, but rather I know the impact of it, how Mm. it's going to impact my, maybe my family, Mm -hmm. how I can better provide. Mm. Um, It's often said that guys, uh, the male population, they tend to jump on the hyped up Mm. elements of things, whether it's the Mm. stocks or not, but they do more so trading, Mm. which is very short term, right? Mm. And and then you you need so much more time commitment and it's... um, yeah, with female, we, quote-unquote, maybe we're a little bit more loyal with our holdings, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, in that sense, we're in the market longer, mm-hmm. where we are investing in the right tools right from the start. And it's often also said that we are a lot more risk-averse. Mm. I do know about that. Because mm. um, I personally know quite a few people that are risk takers mm-hmm. that are female uh, but I think that you know certainly there is merit to mm. having a more considered approach to understanding you know you know, for example if it's 
you know, buying stocks individually, you know, yeah. how much research has been done into mm. into that stock. You know, it's one thing to, you know, have a dinner with friends and, you know, sometimes people talk about what stocks they, they have conviction mm. is and in and then sometimes it's about, oh, you know, the AI hype and then these are the stocks that's related to it. But then everybody has different investment time horizons. Mm. And and you know, when somebody tells you what their investment stock pick is, they are not old, they are not also telling you their 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 holding period. Mm. Right, some of them could be oh you know buy and sell you know as mm. long as some news comes out they sell it immediately. Whereas mm. versus like somebody who might have a longer term view, um, based on you know the macro changes in the economy and how they see this company to be three years from now, for example. Mm. But going back to like Dara to finance, like what are the next steps that you envision you know with this community? Yeah, so we started off as an education content hub, which mm. is, you know, our articles, our posts. Mm. Um, we've actually been working on the tech side for close to a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, we built a financial planning tool to really help go down to the granular details of understanding feasibility of goals. Mm. Because there's only so much you can do with financial literacy education. Mm. Right? How do you apply it? How do you visualize things? Mm. Yeah, so we want to be able to really help them beyond just understanding it in theory. Mm. Yeah, so the tool that we've built is called Perfango. Mm-hmm. We have beta tested it with quite a bit of people now. I think about 300 plus people mm. from different personas. So mainly targeted for couples mm-hmm. because I think when you are planning as a unit, you yes. want to be very aligned. Mm but also for the individuals that have very specific goals. So I'm sure everyone has heard about like, you know, fire movement and all yes. that. You really you really need to be very consistent in how you're going to achieve the goals. So we do the math side of it. Mm. Plug in the figures, see the visualization of it. Um, and for myself, I was always someone who inputted in Excel. Mm. That made the most sense to me. Mm. But then adding a little bit of tech automation makes it a lot easier. Yes. And then you can do it across so many other people and not just yourself, right? And nobody's building, nobody's like updating spreadsheets themselves, right? You're kind yeah. of like, you just have an interface where mm. they kind of put in their inputs. Yeah. But you know, I mean, you, you talked about fire, right? And there's so mm. many different definitions, actually, Mm-mm. like the mathematical definitions of fire. So like, which is the definition that you're working with? If no, you're saying really, like somebody is reaching de- a fire goal. Mm, it depends because everyone's fire looks different. Mm. So that's why it has to be di- the tool has to be dynamic enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Right now the people we see sign up are more so they're seeking for a bit more of like a barista fire. Mm. So they'll they'll still continually work and then take a back seat. Mm. Right. So we have to allow that tool to be able to do that as well. Mm. Mm. So like literally if I interact with the tool, then yeah. is there like a drop down menu, barista fire? No, no, fire. no. It, it's <laughs> no so okay. When we had built it, the input portion mm. can be a little bit tedious. So it's always guided as mm. for now. Mm. Um the goal may not be retirement actually. For mm. some people it may be that certain lifestyle. Right? right. Yeah. So yes, we have an input where you are assuming at what age do I end my income? Mm. Right. Uh, but also there are other fields where you can put in, you know, how how income looks like also. Right. Yeah. So even after that retirement age, you know, mm. does it continue at a lower sum? Mm. And then we also take into account the lifestyle expenses that mm. it takes for you to live that life of 
like yes. success, right? Whatever yes. it is that you define it to be. I mean, for mm. example, like one of the inputs, I guess, would be inflation. And, you yeah. know, inflation is something that has been a hotly discussed yeah. topic, you know, in you know, mm. in the, the first half of this year, just because it's like spiked so much mm. and that drastically changes all the assumptions in the spreadsheet, mm. as you can imagine. Mm. So how how do you all manage that? We have an inflation that applies to across all details mm. and then we allow for a dynamic portion of maybe certain life goals that you have mm. or maybe I'm like going to get married like mm. five years later mm. and I'm putting down a wedding fund and I may want to put this on a higher inflation because mm. right? I just want to make sure that I definitely have this X amount of money for a wedding right, right? so we allow for such variable uh, factors as well mm-hmm. but there is a standard inflation that applies to all expenses mm. and then on top of that is there anything else that you would like to add got it yeah. and given that you know like you know you when you work with couples so one thing is mm. a wedding yeah. and the other thing is all the things that come Correct. after which are actually are more yeah. expensive right I mean mm. when it comes to even like how to can people like budget for like children? Yeah, with so it's you, actually you one of our features. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so with different expenses that come with a uh, unity of two people, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Typically, you'll see all uh, the wedding house uh, mm. um, kids. Mm. Uh, a very cute one we recently hear is like, oh, we want to get a pet, you oh. know? Yeah, so mm. all these different factors, there are inputs for it mm-hmm. uh, actually a bit more open feels for mm-hmm. whatever that applies but standard ones we have are house because mm-hmm. uh, when it takes into account CPF values mm-hmm. and all that you want to make sure that's right mm-hmm. children we did it based on different phases of the child so right. actually in the earlier years including the pregnancy of the wife basically it's a bit more costly. Yes. Yeah, so we have assumed um, that parents will be taking charge of finances for their kids all the way till they graduate university. Mm. Yeah, so we face, you know, we break down all the different finances that come with the different phases, put it on the parents. Mm. And we also even allow for the breakdown of expenses, you know, whether it's an equal share between the couple. Mm. Yeah, so the child part is definitely a feature we added catered for couples Mm. Um, you know what's very interesting about having couples on board these sessions a lot of times the girls sign up first Mm. they're very interested in looking at their financial future perhaps maybe with the partner right and then sometimes we see the husband that gets dragged along the session you can tell he's not interested at all it's like a counselling session yeah it is it is like marital (laughs) pre-marital counselling right and often these are people that are not even married yet Mm. yeah but they just want to see that financial future together. Yeah, Actually, so, it's fair because, I mean, if you look mm. at, you know, one of the important aspects of, you know, what makes a successful marriage mm. is also alignment with regards to money values. Mm-mm. So it's good to actually get that line before. Yeah, yeah, instead of exactly. After. Yeah, and I joke with my co-founder on this. It's like, uh, we really feel like we're doing marriage counselling sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because you can see that gradual change in like expression with the the partner that mm-hmm. comes along mm-hmm. at first he's like uninterested and then mm. halfway through he's like oh okay like oh like, I'm, and then he gets a little bit more involved you know he talks yes. a little bit more but it's a very typical flow we always get the girls who takes initiative mm. to sign up for the session mm. and then you know kind of see that future together so in that sense you see how women we take charge in these areas a little bit more mm. yeah and maybe the guy is doing his at the back, maybe he has calculated it on his own. But mm. girls, maybe we tend to be able to reach out for outsource help a little bit more. Ah, I see. Yeah. And mm. we look at it on a more overall level. It's not just about the 
money matters, but like, like, is this partner financially right for me as well? Ah, right? Wow. Yeah, so in that sense, I see the differences there. Mm. 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 It's, it's very interesting. And we get to speak to many different couples, right? Yes. And you see what they prioritize as well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, a trend that we see more often now is there's not much emphasis on the, the wedding events and, you know, all these one-time events anymore. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because mm. I often feel that there's just too much spending on yeah, the wedding. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I personally agree as mm. well. Yeah. But yeah, that that's something, that's a trend that we see now. Mm. Mm, and... A lot more. Oh, like, you know how there's this term, like, dink, double income, no no kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, a lot of that. They also want to test their feasibility. Yes, I'm not planning for a child now, but hey, what if I plan for a child? Mm. How how does that affect my finances? Yes. Yeah, so that's that. We, we want to encourage that playing around with the numbers and then seeing that feasibility. And that's what that whole tool is about. Oh, I love that yeah. because you're sort of, I think you're doing a great service to, to, to <laughs> like uh, couples, you know, because like, you know, they, you, you allow them to mm. see their financial future mm. together mm. and help to facilitate conversations even mm. at, from very early stage, yeah. which I think is important. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I think that, that part where you mentioned um, really get that conversation going mm. is exactly what we wanted as well. And you can clearly tell um, we have different couples from diff- various stages as well. Mm. We have new couples and then mm. we have couples that have been together for like the longest time, mm. right? And to put them in a like in a 45-minute session where we're like, okay, then how many kids do you want? It puts them in a spot, you know? Mm. And they're mm. forced to answer it. Mm. Yeah, so even if they don't know it at that point, at mm-hmm. least maybe it's a conversation they have, you know, after the session. Yeah. You know, now now after whatever we discussed, right? I yeah. actually think that Dare to Finance is an appropriate name, <laughs> right? Because you're getting people to own up to like, you know, what are the things that they typically don't want to mm. discuss. So mm. actually, I think it's a good name. Mm, okay. <laughs> for listeners who want to find out more about Dare to Finance mm. and also like maybe for couples or like, you know, girlfriends or wives who want to pull, <laughs> pull your life partners to talk about money, like where can they find you? You can find us on Instagram. We are mm. Dare to Finance, D-A-R-E to mm-hmm. Finance. Mm. Mm. And website? And yes, we have a website as well. Um, that's finance.com. Mm. Cool. We'll mm. link it in the show notes. And thank you so much for being on. It was such a pleasure. Thanks, Janice. Thank you. Many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcast at melisten.sg or at my Instagram at misfitfi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on Me Listen or Apple Podcasts or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from Mediacorp and recorded at Scape Live Studios, The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time.